Ladies and gentlemen, the Football Scoop Podcast is back. Today we are here to talk about Wisconsin. Paul Chris' tenure uh, came to an abrupt end. Jim Leonard takes over as the interim head coach. The rest of the season has his opportunity to make his mark and potentially earn the job on a permanent basis going forward. Uh, seems like there's a very real possibility of that, but there's also possibility that it doesn't. The ship doesn't get righted just right, and uh, the power brokers. Powers the be, but um, you can't not mention Barry Alvarez. Um, still has sway there. Makes it makes a decision to go somebody else. And there's a lot of well known guys who have been there, who are extremely well known in the state um, and at the program, and could could be players in this thing. Once again, joined by Zach Barnett, John Bryce, talk about the Wisconsin opening. Zach Barnett, give us lay of the land with Wisconsin. I mean, uh, usually I, I try to do a, a good bit of research for this. Today, I didn't really feel like a whole lot was necessary because it's just, we all know what Wisconsin football is. It's a lot of dudes that have been eating uh, corn and dairy and beef their entire lives. That They've dairy. spent 18 years training and eating to become Wisconsin linemen. They're, they're blocking for a future NFL star running back. They play good defense. They, they wear a lot of red. They win. 10 games a year and they uh, they go to uh, Pasadena as often as anybody else. Like that's been it for 30 years. And so I think the big question is, is Wisconsin going to decide like we had the right idea and just the wrong guy or we have to, th- this brand of Wisconsin football has expired and now it's time to reimagine like that. Uh, to me, that's what this whole thing boils down to. Does it feel like they pulled the plug awfully quick on Paul Christ or no? I mean, you look at it, it's just like we were talking. I mean, we've all been kind of wondering, like, what's going on with Wisconsin? Have they have they peaked? Have they atrophied? And, um, you know, I, I wrote that this this looked like walk, rock bottom and losing to Illinois the way they did. But you go back 19, they're in the Rose Bowl. They lose to uh, Justin Herbert. 2020, they go four and three. You know, it's COVID. It is, it is what it is. And then 2019, nine and four, six and three. Tie for second in the in the Big Ten West, win the Las Vegas Bowl. So, not a top ten season of the last twenty years for Wisconsin, probably. But I, I can't imagine that uh, when Paul Chris was sitting down with his superiors after the season, that the conversation was anything like "you're three bad games away from getting fired." And that that's here we are. They they lose to Washington State by three points at home. They're they're drilled by Ohio State, drilled by Illinois. Coaching change. That's here. That's where we are. Yeah, I think that, um, and I tweeted this, and we talked about it, uh, all of us this morning, and before we started recording today. I believe they're fifteen and twelve in their last twenty-seven, um, yeah. dating back to the end of nineteen. And I think I noted that um, eight of those twelve are by double digits. And then as we were preparing for this podcast, I went ahead and looked. They had a really close loss last year to Penn State early in the season. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they opened the 21 season, Wisconsin did, uh, in the top 10, top 12. There was uh, a lot of expectations on the Badgers last season. They had the close loss to Penn State. And then their three other losses last season were by a combined 59 points. Um, so they were really non-competitive for the most part in three large double-digit losses. And you've had a close loss to a, a rebuilding Washington State squad that has a a brand new quarterback that transferred in from the FCS division, a guy that that, um, 
Zach and I both really like Cam, but that was a close game. Their other two losses have been absolute blowouts, and the Washington State game, just like Illinois, were home losses sandwiched around a really bad beatdown at Ohio State. They've lost six games since the start of last season. I believe they're now um, 11 and 7 over that time period, six games since that early loss to, to Penn State. So 11 and 7 in that time period, and five of those seven losses are by 114 points. Five of those seven losses are completely non-competitive. You've got a six-point loss to Penn State in that bridge, and you've got a three-point loss to Washington State, when, by the way, you were heavily favored to win that game. And then the other five losses are just complete blowouts. And so it does feel like pulling the plug quickly. I had somebody ask me today, when did Wisconsin become Auburn? Um, and I thought that was a, a pretty funny take because it does seem in some ways um, from afar like a knee-jerk reaction. But as we've talked on the pad, pod this all se- this entire fall, um, there's been an identity crisis, in my opinion, at Wisconsin, and it's been uh, really bland, boring football. I'll share with you guys. I reached out to a couple of agents uh, this morning, yesterday, saying, what's the move here for Wisconsin? What, why are they doing this now? And both of them came back saying – it's a chance for Jim Leonard to see if, you know, to prove it. He's got seven games. Can he prove these guys uh, rebound and, and play for him? And it's a totally different team, and he can he can run them the way Wisconsin wants to be run. If not, there's a couple of very uh, well-known brand names out there, and maybe, maybe Wisconsin's making a move early trying to get ahead of somebody else here for – Zach, should we cue it up and, and talk about a, a couple of potential guys here? Yeah, I think so. So before we go, while you touched on Jim Leonard, I, I, before we start talking about people outside the program, I think we need to talk about you know these next seven games and the opportunity Jim Leonard has and how are they going to judge him? So their next seven games at Northwestern, at Michigan State, home against Purdue, home against Maryland, at Iowa, at Nebraska, home against Minnesota. I mean, a, a generic Wisconsin team could win all seven of those games. Should win all seven of those. A, those a, a good, normal Wisconsin team, right, should. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Wisconsin team we've seen so far, I don't know how many they win. The team that played Illinois on Saturday doesn't win a single one of those games. There's Northwestern and eh, Michigan State. Eh. I mean, Nebraska's bad. I can't sit here and say uh, Iowa – you know, they're, they're, I don't think they're a bad team. They're a bad offense. They're bad. Maryland, I don't think, is a bad team. Purdue's not a bad team. Minnesota's sure not a bad team. So, what happens if he goes four and three? What happens if he goes three and four and they lose some close games? You know, I, to me, the interesting, if he's the favorite here and he's going to be judged on the seven games, to me, it, it you know, 0 and 7, 7 and 0 are easy decisions. Where, where it gets gray and is, and who's making that call? Is it Barry Alvarez? Is, is it the AD, Chris McIntosh? Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it gets really interesting Interesting to me. Well, and also to, to the points we were just hammering on, and you make a great point, if, it, if they go winless, it's not happening. If they go undefeated, it almost certainly has to happen. But within that, what if they're 5-2 and two and those two losses are actually competitive losses, which, again, they've not had very many of, the past couple of years. So if they're if they're five and two and they lose a game by three points and another game on the road by four points, um, then I think Jim Leonard gets a longer, harder look. Here's another thing that I would uh, have to believe is factoring into all of this. You know, Jim Leonard has been almost hired away from Wisconsin or tried to to be hired away from Wisconsin 
a number of times in recent years from very high profile programs. One right here in my backyard, Notre Dame for starters. Notre Dame, after Marcus Freeman took the head coaching job, had Jim Leonard very, very high on his list as the top defensive coordinator candidate. Uh, They had some conversations, made a strong run. Leonard remained loyal to Wisconsin. He's remained loyal to Wisconsin again when there have been other Power Five programs that absolutely offer more money than Wisconsin. So I do believe that this is making a move that they clearly deemed was going to be inevitable, making it now to give Leonard a chance to put his stamp on the program. Yeah, and uh, to to bring the elephant in the room here, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they juxtapose Leonard's performance with Lance Leipold. You know, if, if he's the number one guy, number two guy, one A, one B, you know, if, if it's they're going to be monitoring Lance, talking to Lance, monitoring Jim, how does this this is going to play out in front of our eyes? It doesn't seem like you, you know, speaking like NFL draft, you don't move up in the draft to draft Dave Dorn. Mm-hmm. Dave Dorn's there. You didn't have to trade away future picks. You know, you didn't have to cut cut bait now. If, if Dave Dorn's the guy, you go make a big play and you, you hire Dave Dorn. It seems like if you're going to cut this early, it's a let's give Jimmy Leonard a, a shot. And if not, it's Lance Leipold. And we got to be able to move quickly to Lance. That's what that's the read. It really I, could I be as simple as yeah, it could be as simple as that, like honestly. Dave Dorn's Dave Dorn is uh he's he's had a good run at NC State. Hasn't gotten it to the very top. I don't know that he can. I don't know that he will. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin loved him when he was there with Brett as defensive coordinator. He went on to uh Northern Illinois and then you know went east to NC State and, and has been very successful. Do you bring him back? You know, Lance Leipold was unbelievably successful. Wisconsin Whitewater, beloved in the state, uh, very well connected in the state. Seems like it's a party of three. And then let me ask you this. So Lance Leipold's been a a head coach for a long time. Three of us know him, know know his record well. The average fan is not as attuned to him. You know, they know him as the the whitewater guy. And then Kansas is the the story of the season so far. They're 5 and 0. Oh. I, I we all believe, we all love this Kansas team. Having said that, they've got TCU this week. They're at Oklahoma, at Baylor, Oklahoma State, at Tech, Texas, at Kansas State. The Big 12 is as competitive as it's ever been this year. Kansas could be markedly improved this season a great season and they could lose every game i don't think they will but there's not a slam dunk game on the schedule ahead of them if they're five and six in late november and they've lost six straight does that change it doesn't change who lance leipold is as a coach does it change his trajectory his wisconsin's ability to sell him to the fan base i would i would contend that what lance has done already and is doing at kansas in a lot of ways to me, is the equivalent of already having posted a 10-win season. This program was the absolute bottom feeder, pooper scooper fish on the floor of the ocean when he took over. Just an abject disaster on and off the field. Change in the athletics administration, all sorts of scandal uh, with the specter over the program. He's at seven wins now. You guys know this. He clearly has now passed 
Charlie Weiss for career wins at Kansas. You had to know I was going to bring that back out. Um, he's an absolute bona fide program builder. And he, you talk about perception. Perception is not really important at Wisconsin, in my opinion, the way it is um, at some other programs. Wisconsin knows its heritage, knows its roots, knows who it identifies with, and, and I think has an idea of, of the image and the person that it wants atop its program. I think Lance is, is that guy on one hand. I think that um, Jim Leonard is that guy on the other hand. But I think in a lot of ways, uh, they're very, very similar character people, similar football coaches in the way that they do things. I don't, I don't, I don't follow uh, Wisconsin's roster all that closely, but this doesn't seem like this is a rebuild. This is let's get a couple of things right mm-hmm. and go win 10 games next year. And it's not one of these deals where you got to go into the transfer portal and make all these odd hires and, you know, uh, odd plays and see how they work out. This is let's do it the right way and we can do it the right way and we just step in and, and, and win eight games, if not 10 games, and have a shot at 12 games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it seems like the distance between the bottom and the top in the Big Ten West is shorter than any division in college football. Like, even if Wisconsin is down by their standards, talent-wise, it's not the top in that far away. It's not going to be a multi-year thing. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I would say that uh, Wisconsin has had much better rosters in recent years, and Wisconsin really had some some nice skill players. The Quintez Cephas at wide receiver was a really strong player. Uh, I just looked; the Badgers were number forty four nationally in the composite recruiting rankings uh, from the twenty twenty two class. And I know that's just one class, and and those rankings are highly subjective. Um, but I think there's more work to be done on the roster. Um, then maybe what a surface glance might reveal. I also would, would point to the fact that we talk about the Big Ten West, and it certainly is um, the meeker of the two divisions, but they're not going to keep the divisions that much longer. And That's so I think, I think a lot of these decisions are being made looking uh, at future factors more so than ever, and that's not just NIL. That's not just the, the shaking sands of college football realignment, but within that realignment, it's going to divisions and it's going to be that much more difficult to find your footing when it's a, a round robin format and it's not you win your weak division and you get to go have a chance to upset mighty Ohio State or Michigan it's going to be much tougher to even make it to Indianapolis so I, I would contend that's definitely a factor in this you guys know I was driving I, I went to Auburn LSU this weekend I was driving back yesterday I got the phone call that this was playing out and I immediately made the joke. I assume Barry Alvarez will step in his interim. I was wrong. It was just a joke to some degree. But doesn't it just feel bad that Barry's not back? Come on, man. I guess he only does bowl games. Yeah. If they make a bowl game, he'll he'll send Jim on vacation and he'll take it. <laughs> he'll he'll go with the team to Florida. <laughs> it never gets old. He's the best. Barry, I promise you will either hear this himself or have someone tell him and he'll call me. There's nothing wrong with that. So, so I've got the names here. Do we want to go over these these guys? We've we've discussed Jim Leonard, Lance Leipold. I think we've discussed Dave Doran. I, I've got a list. Is it worth discussing? Yeah, let, let's hit some names off the list. Okay, so another uh, another uh, former Wisconsin assistant, another Power Five head coach, another guy named Dave. Would Dave Randa leave Baylor for Wisconsin? I don't think so. I don't think that. I don't think Wisconsin is remotely a better job right now 
than Baylor. Um, in the 90s, yeah, you run to Wisconsin from Baylor. But that's just not the case now. I think that, that Baylor, obviously your, your in-state talent bed, despite all the other uh, FBS programs that you're recruiting against, it's still gargantuan. You have this unprecedented commitment from Baylor to athletics. You have one of the nicest, newest football facilities anywhere in the land. I don't think I don't think Dave Miranda entertains that for a moment. Agreed. Okay, so the let's let's say Wisconsin decides to leave the family. It's time to branch out. I got three guys named Matt. Matt Campbell, Matt Ince, Matt Rule. I mean, I y'all. I think people are going to get frustrated with me saying, I don't understand the Matt Rule discussion. I just don't. I, no. What about Matt Campbell, Matt, Matt Ent? Uh, okay, two very good ball coaches. Matt Campbell. It, it would be a fascinating hire, uh, and I think he'd do exceedingly well there. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Why, I don't know why he'd jump at this one. Maybe he would. I don't know that. Um, much like we talked about with Lance, did Wisconsin make this move to similarly have a potential shot at Matt? Because I think Matt um, will be intricately involved in the Nebraska job. But if you're looking at Nebraska versus Wisconsin, you can make a pretty rational argument that Wisconsin's a better job right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that either of those jobs would be a better job than long-term than Kansas or Iowa State, um, just because you have to feel like Matt Campbell has hit his ceiling to a great extent at Iowa State, and you have to feel like Lance Leipold has a a limited ceiling at Kansas. So um, I don't get the Matt Rule talk whatsoever. I don't think you can – I still think Wisconsin's a really, really good job and a really attractive job and a really good program and a guy who is continuing to flounder in the NFL. I don't think you make a change from within the family to go get a guy that's getting uh, quite literally beaten out of the NFL week after week. I just don't see it. Um, Matt Entz is a fabulous coach. I don't know, um, again, if you go straight from North Dakota State to Wisconsin, that's not to say it couldn't succeed. I just don't know if that's the pathway. Um, But I do think there would be intrigue with Matt Campbell. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think uh, Entz is a very good football coach. Again, the recruiting – it's just different. And, it, you know, I agree. It's, it's a big step to go to Wisconsin. Matt Campbell, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't – I just – I don't know. Maybe that is – maybe, again, they're saying, hey, let's give Jim Leonard a quick look, but we got to be ready to pounce if we got to go. So maybe it is a play for something like that. Maybe Chris says, I'm, I'm going big and going home, and, and goes that way. It would be fascinating. That would be interesting to watch. I would enjoy that. Okay, this is really the last name that I've got. Uh, is it possible that Wisconsin decides to straddle the the inside the family, outside the family line by hiring a former Badger, uh, a young head coach, offensive-minded that's a lot more wide open than Wisconsin is used to? Do they entertain Kent State head coach Sean Lewis? Different trains of thought out there. Uh, I don't think that's an insane thought. I'll tell you, there are uh, a lot of media guys who just love Sean Lewis and pitch him for every job. And he's a good coach, obviously. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Zach um, doesn't feel right, but it'd be interesting. I, I hear you. I'm a little surprised you didn't bring up Brett Bielma. Just would have loved to have heard everybody's take on that one. JB, give me thoughts on Sean Liu, and then we'll uh, talk to Bielma for a second. Yeah, I, I, again, I get that he's done some great things, um, but it, but I don't know um, that you would feel confident in making this move from Chris to Leonard and then only giving Leonard potentially seven games to go make this subsequent move. Like, I think if you're making this move, and it's a bold move, let's let's not – minimize that it's a bold move if you're making this move now in season that's a bold move you better get the next hire right you better nail it with something bold that energizes and gives you great optimism for the future and I think there's a little bit of difference between optimism and hope agreed yeah that's a very good point it would be a you'd be like I'm going from Paul Chris to Jim Leonard to Sean Lewis and his record and really it, it, you'd open yourself up to a huge amount of second guessing. Correct. It comes to the territory, but it, it would seem like an odd move. So we want to talk about, about Brett. I mean, I think, I think Brett Bielema would love to be approached. By <laughs> yes, you would. Are you kidding me? Would, that would be to quote a, a great man. That would be borderline erotic in his, in his mind to be approached to return I don't think the state of Wisconsin is big enough to house Barry Alvarez and Brett Bielema's egos. So I, I don't see any way Wisconsin humbles itself to approach him to return. But I think Brett Bielema would love to be approached. I can't, I can't remember, Zach. Who was it that they had defeated and run all over that, that prompted Bielema to say borderline erotic? I don't, I, I'd have to look it up. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad I, 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 couldn't my, I couldn't put my horn on it, but it was right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, uh, Sean Watson put up 59 yards and kept his job, but uh, that's a conversation for another day. So, yeah, that that that, that some stoves are, are too hot to touch, but that would be fun. Yeah, that would that would be fun. Look, um, you could still win with Bielema's style of play in the Big Ten a little bit more easily than, than what he was trying to do at Arkansas. And, um, and again, you, pr- you probably have a few more homegrown linemen at Wisconsin uh, than what Bielema was able to do at Arkansas. So um, yeah, it would be, it would be a captivating reunion without question. Um, but with the, what you said, Zach, it's, it's hard to think that there's enough uh, humble pie on the store shelves to make that happen. Sure would be fun. Anyway, what I'm hoping is, will the next head coach at Wisconsin keep the statue of Barry Alvarez that's in the head coach's office? It's this little miniature statue of Barry that's—it's just unbolievable. You're like, really? That's in here? I don't bolted know. to the ground. There's—you can't remove it. With it's the, stuck. It is. It's the entire part of the stadium in the coach's office. It's—it's it's, yeah. it's absolutely incredible. Like, like Kramer on Seinfeld. You can't move that. That's a load-bearing wall. <laughs> It's probably got a microphone in it too. Barry's <laughs> listening to everything. <laughs> uh, I would just uh, I would throw out like a couple more names just because as much as you guys have both done, I've continued to try to work the phone lines as much as possible. Um, and and Bronco really wants back in in a number of different places. I would think Wisconsin would be a, a job that Bronco Mendenhall would absolutely entertain. Um, the, the Bill O'Brien um, because he won already in the Big Ten. Um, and he's going to put together a good staff, whoever hires him next. I'm not saying that he's 
a fit for Wisconsin necessarily, but I don't think we can just completely ignore specifically those two. And I don't think that it would, um, that they would go to the ranks of, of coordinators or um, assistants on either side of the ball. Um, but I will point out uh, Thomas Brown, who everybody I talk to is, is a rising young NFL uh, hot commodity assistant head coach of the Rams, just won a Super Bowl. He did spend a year at Wisconsin as their running backs coach in one of their most successful seasons of the past decade. And so depending on how thorough Wisconsin is, depending on how much it is um, already knowing what it's going to do versus how broad the candidate pool is, I think there's some, some additional guys out there um, that would find Wisconsin attractive and that Wisconsin could find attractive. There are a lot of people that will find this job attractive, no doubt about it. I think they'll probably hear of more interest than they even realized. Uh, that's what I suspect. But it, I, I think it all starts where we started this podcast. Let's see what Jim Leonard does for the next couple of weeks. And you'll probably know it in three to four. Biggest biggest three to four weeks of his life. Yeah, it's a big deal. He And he'll be just fine no matter what. But yeah. it is a great audition for the big stage. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Football Scoop Podcast. On Twitter, I am Football Scoop John Bryce at John D. Bryce 1. Zach is at Zach underscore Barnett. These guys are – I affectionately refer to them as college football experts because they know more about college football than most humans in the world. In the world. Always, Always a pleasure. Play. Stay tuned to footballscoop.com and on the scoop. We're out.